Hey, Marty Coleman, SeldomUseReserve.com, and here's a special, a second episode of Clemson Boulevard this week. Earlier this week, I dropped an interview I did with former long snapper David Estes and his journey from a small private high school in Greenville with only 22 players on the team to becoming a long snapper at Clemson and starting on the national championship team with stops in between at Presbyterian and Clemson as a regular student. It's a great story. Be sure to check that out if you haven't already. Clemson is coming off a 41-6 beatdown of Syracuse, and for the second time in three games, the offense crosses the 600-yard mark. Yet all we hear is a lot of negative comments. I shouldn't say that's all we hear because we do hear a lot of positives, but it's hard to believe that an offense is averaging over 500 yards a game, has reached 600 yards in two of those games, and we hear a lot of negative comments. People's expectations are sky high for this offense. And sometimes we forget as fans that these guys are not robots. They're humans. They have good days and bad days. Just like me or you at the job, you know, not every day is perfect. Having said that, there's some truth. There's been some sloppiness, some penalties. They had seven for 70 yards on Saturday. Now, that all wasn't on the offense, but there were some drops. There were some bad reads, a bad interception by Trevor again, which is hard to believe we're still saying that, but we are. One interesting tidbit that I dropped on Twitter earlier in the week was during the first half, Clemson ran the ball only 13 times. Six of those 13 rushes were on one drive, the second touchdown drive where Clemson ran the ball the last five plays of the drive, I believe, down by the goal line. Now, some of that was related to how many players Syracuse had in the box, and some of it wasn't. It just looked like they were determined to throw the ball in that first half. Maybe that was going to loosen up the the running game. I'm not sure what the deal was, but Syracuse is the 123rd ranked defense in the country. There's 130 teams, by the way, and Clemson. Clemson decided to air it out instead of running ETN, Dixon, uh, and Trevor Lawrence very much in the first half. It was a weird first half play calling, if you ask me. Seems like they were forcing the ball a bit. An example of that is they never ran two consecutive running plays except for that one drive down there by the goal line, as I talked about earlier. It was a weird first half play calling wise, except for that one drive that I just talked about. The Tigers never ran the ball on two consecutive plays. Just kind of strange for a team with tra- with a healthy Travis Etienne in the backfield, Lynn J. Dixon to back him up, and of course Trevor Lawrence's legs. Don't know if that was on purpose, reaction to the defense that was being played, a combination of the two. Who knows, but it was strange in the first half. Hey, how big is it to have Amari Rogers back? You know, a lot of people said, well, we won't miss him that much because we have all these wide receivers. Clemson is wide receiver U. Not a big deal wrong. Huge deal. Most important position, I would argue, on this team. It's the one that picks up those third downs that keeps these drives going a lot of the time. Having Rodgers back was great. I thought about it last week. You know, he only had two catches against A&M and not a, you know, big game uh, stats-wise, but just having him on the field as that extra option on third downs was big. To uh, Saturday against Syracuse, he took a third and one where he could have been tackled behind the line of scrimmage. He took it for 87 yards and a touchdown. Two touchdowns on the night for Rodgers. Really big to have him back. That said, I'm not sure what's up with Justin Ross. As I said earlier, these guys are humans. They have trouble 
schools, uh, just like me and you some days. But it seems to have been two or three games now for Justin Ross. He had a, Of course, he had a couple of drops out of halftime at Texas A&M that really hurt the Tigers' momentum there. And yesterday, he just, or Saturday, excuse me, he just looked like, I don't know, like he wasn't into the game or something. Could be just my perception 1,500 miles away, but that's what it looked like to me. And I'll keep saying this. I said it on Twitter. I'll say it again. They need to stop using the term 50-50 balls when they're talking about T. Higgins because those are actually like 90-10 balls, if you know what I mean. So 50-50 balls don't exist as far as I'm concerned. They ain't a thing when Trevor Lawrence is thrown to T. Higgins. There's obviously more this offense can do. They can score more points, be more efficient, maybe be better at third downs. I think they were 5 of 14 Saturday night. But look, once the interceptions decrease, and you got to think that'll happen soon, once they get better on third downs, Rodgers is back, that'll happen soon. This offense will be humming. It'll be a sight to behold. And I'm not sure there's a defense in the nation that'll be able to stop them. So bear with us. That's weird to say when you're averaging 500 plus yards a game. And as I said, 600 yards in two of your three games. But I've said this before on Twitter. I'll say it again. The team you see now in September is not the team you'll see in December, January. Dabo is playing a lot of guys now, a lot of moving pieces on offense and defense. You'll be thankful come November, December, and January that those guys have the experience. And you'll look back on like a 24 to 10 win over Texas A&M and say, yeah, thanks for playing those guys. We gave up a meaningless touchdown in a September game, but now those guys have a little more experience in a big game atmosphere. You know, I'm not even sure what to say about the defense of Brent Venables. They were supposed to be the weak link of this team. That seems like a long time ago. In the last two games, they've given up three field goals and a meaningless touchdown with six seconds to go against Texas A&M. Think about that. Nine points and a meaningless touchdown. Syracuse totaled 187 yards, 2.6 yards per play, was 4-19 on third downs. DeVito and Syracuse never had a chance against Brent Venables and his defense. They were harangued, harassed, strangled to a slow, painful death by a suffocating defense. And what about Isaiah Simmons tripping up uh, DeVito around the goal line on third down, which forced them to go forward on fourth, and of course Syracuse did not make that. Um, He ended up with 11 tackles, two sacks, three and a half tackles for loss. I mean, he was just really, really impressive. And let me not get away without saying kudos to Nolan Turner. He's someone I criticized last year and wasn't very comfortable with him in coverage. That seemed like a a lifetime ago because a half a year later and three games in, he is playing lights out. One thing that is still a question mark for me is B.T. Potter. Now we know he can kick off and he's a weapon on kickoffs, but he's four for six on field goals. Now I know the one he missed Saturday had a high snap, but as I see it, it's not just Potter. It's that whole unit that we're still not quite sure about yet. Sometimes it goes off without a hitch. Sometimes there's a high snap and sometimes Potter misses the kick. So three games in, I'm still not sure whether we can rely on B.T. Potter and the kicking game yet. He looks to be good. He has all the potential in the world. They just need to get that routine down and improve it moving forward. One thing I'm glad about is we are finally through the Clemson almost lost to filling the team here phase of the schedule. We've heard about it for weeks on end. Almost lost to Texas A&M last year. Almost lost to Syracuse last year. Look, 
They're doing anything they can to make these games sound interesting because Clemson's going to run roughshod over the rest of their schedule. But it got old and it got tiresome to hear that. Um, you know, yes, they almost lost to Syracuse. That was last year. That was a different team on both sides. Obviously, Syracuse has gone down quite a bit from last year. We're finally past that point of the schedule. We've got Charlotte and North Carolina coming up the next couple of weeks. And speaking of Mac Brown and the ACC, of course, North Carolina lost to Wake Forest in a non-conference game on Friday night. But what a horrible weekend for the ACC. Boston College lost to Kansas, which beat a Power 5 non-conference team for the first time in 48 tries. Now, I got some grief for this on Twitter for pointing this out. How about give Kansas some love and some praise? I guess maybe I should have, but it's their first victory in 48 games against a Power 5 non-conference foe. So there's, yes, kudos to Kansas, but Boston College as a 17-point favorite never should have lost that game. But it gets worse. Georgia Tech lost to the Citadel, 27-24 in overtime. Virginia Tech trailed firm in 14-3 at halftime before rallying for a 24-17 win. And North Carolina State lost to West Virginia, 44-17. Now, I'm not a huge fan of the best conference argument, mainly because each conference has its dogs, but you have to really recognize that the ACC is just not very good this year. I mean, any loss by Clemson, you have to wonder about their playoff chances. A lot, of course, depends on how the season plays out, but man, this ACC is not looking very good. And let's not leave out Pat Narduzzi of Pitt. My man was on the one-yard line with a fourth and goal down by seven, with about four minutes and 54 seconds to go. He decided to kick a field goal. Of course, they missed the field goal, uh, an 18-yarder, and Penn State went on to win the game by seven. But after the game, Narduzzi was asked why he uh, went for it, uh, why he didn't go for it there, and he said, because I needed two scores. Somebody tell Pat Narduzzi about the two-point conversion that uh, just kind of crazy that he would say that. Um, that is a really conservative mentality, almost like a uh, Rob Spence's mentality on the offense. Anyway, Pat Narduzzi with the quote of the year so far. And now on to the prediction for this week's game. Look, Charlotte has scored at least 41 points in every game. 49 in an opening victory over Gardner-Webb, 41 in a loss to Appalachian State, and 52 and a win over a horrible Massachusetts Minutemen team. But they are not playing that type of team this week. They're playing the Clemson Tigers and Brent Venables. I think the Clemson offense gets on track somewhat this week and scores 55 points. And I think Brent Venables' defense is too much for the 49ers. It's an up-and-coming team with a great young coach. They'll get there soon enough, but it won't be this week, obviously. Clemson, 55, Charlotte, 10. Hey, thanks for tuning in for this solo edition, and we'll be back next week with another show.